blast. And we are live. This is the Wrap It Up on Blast Raps post-game show. As always, my name is Sheldon Alexander, and this episode of Wrap It Up is brought to you by Clean Cuts Barbershop. 2013 Danforth Avenue in the East End of Toronto. Clean Cuts, the multicultural barbers that will always keep you fresh for any and all occasions. So go see Skip and the crew. As a wise man once said, tell them that I sent ya. Check them out on Instagram at Clean Cuts Toronto or give them a call 416-917-4833 to book your appointments now. Raptors fans, what is going on? Thank you guys for tuning in on a late night edition of Wrap It Up following a Raptors second night of a back-to-back at Staples Center. Raptors fall 98-88 to Kawhi Leonard and the Los Angeles Clippers. If you look at the box score, everyone was talking about Kawhi Leonard as the former Raptor that you'd have to watch out for on the Clippers, but it turns out it was another former Raptor, aka the sixth man like Lou Will, who was a high scorer for the Clippers with 21 points. Kawhi Leonard struggled. Two of 11 from Kawhi, had a career high, nine turnovers in this game for Kawhi, also nine assists, 11 rebounds, but again, two for 11 for 12 points for Kawhi Leonard in his return game against his former team, the Toronto Raptors, the defending NBA champion Toronto Raptors. I will always be here to remind everyone of that point. But again, Raptors lose. And you know what? First things first, you're on the second night of a back-to-back if you're the Toronto Raptors. And everyone tuning in right now, hey, you guys are also on the second night of a back-to-back. And I appreciate you for that. This is a Wrap It Up podcast, which we do live on Twitter after each and every Toronto Raptors game. Thank you for tuning in live at Shell Alexander on Twitter. We got another feed up and running on Instagram. That is at Sheldon Alexander. And hey, it's late night. So I understand if you just want to catch the beginning of the pod, catch the rest later, no problem. Or for your morning commute, got you covered as we are on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, and on YouTube. Like and subscribe. Tell your friends. Just search On Blast Podcast, and you can find this, wrap it up, along with a bunch of other pods for your eardrums. But again, thanks guys for tuning in, and you know what? I'm not mad at this game. The Toronto Raptors, at the end of the day, you're talking about there's no Kyle Lowry, there's no Serge Ibaka, you're on the second night of a back-to-back playing a Clippers team that hasn't played since Thursday, so they're well-rested. They were at home, comfy, watching you battle it out against LeBron and company, And then, as mentioned, Kyle Lowry, out of the lineup. Serge Ibaka, out of the lineup. And just two minutes in, OG Ananobi drives to the basket. Kawhi Leonard, with his monster hands, pokes OG in the eye, and OG is out for the rest of the game. So now you're down two starters and three of your top seven players. Again, on the second night of a back-to-back against one of the teams that is listed as the favorites to win the NBA championship. And you know what? The Raptors showed a lot of fight. And I talk about this all the time just in terms of, you know, wins and losses, cool. There's different things that can happen that alter the end result, the final result of the game. And a lot of times, there are other things that happen that matter so much more that'll give you, I hate talking about the moral victory, but at least takeaways that you can get from this team. And the fact that this Toronto Raptors team gutted out a performance. They played a style of play that they needed to play on the second night of a back-to-back, which was a lot slower paced because, I mean, especially once OG goes down, you see Fred, 45 minutes tonight, 
Pascal, 44 minutes tonight. Norman Powell, 37 minutes tonight. Gasol, 33. That's all above what those guys, what you'd like to see them be playing in a normal game, much less on the second night of a back-to-back. And even with all that said, the Raptors were right within striking distance all the way into the fourth quarter, and they did it as you'd expect. Defense. Defense is a way, we talked about this all, you know, whether it was a pre-show or early on in the season, the Raps are going to be in a lot of games because they play defense. That will keep you in every game, night in, night out. And credit to the Raps and credit to Nick Nurse for setting the tone from early on that we're here now with a guy like Rondé Hollis Jefferson can have a game like he had tonight. I didn't know that Rondé Hollis Jefferson was a Kawhi stopper. (laughs) I didn't know that was a thing. But the stat line, it's a perfect example of you look at his stat line for a guy who two games ago was a DNP CD before last game. All of a sudden he's in the starting line, or not in the starting lineup, but getting mega minutes because OG goes down. And you're getting nine points and nine rebounds from Rondé Hollis Jefferson. But more importantly, you're getting such hard defense. And the job the Raptors did on Kawhi Leonard in terms of trapping him every chance they got... They made a point to say, hey, we're going to focus in on Kawhi. We're going to make life difficult for him. And the Raptors did that early and often. To I don't know if I've seen Kawhi look like that. After watching him all last season, watching him hobbled in the playoffs, Kawhi Leonard in a game go 2 for 11 for 12 points and 9 turnovers. That's just great defense. And I'll credit Kawhi because he still made enough plays, especially late in the game, to get his team the victory and the biggest thing that I I can take away from the Clippers is anyone not named Lou Will or Montrez Harold they couldn't hit a shot so Kawhi finished with nine assists and that easily could have been 12 13 14 because Patrick Patterson hit a lot of shots early but Shamit was missing shots Pat Beverly shooting off the side of the backboard Harkless was 0 for 3 Jermichael Green 0 for 5, and Harkless and Jermichael Green, the shots that they're taking are wide open threes that they're just missing, 0 for 8 for them combined, right? And you look at the the Clippers, Kawhi Leonard doesn't have it cooking. You can tell their their strategy early with no Paul George is they're going to keep their bench unit together, because clearly Lou Will and Montrez should be in their starting lineup, but because of the way that's going to be set up, especially once Paul George comes back, Those guys stick to the bench, and again, it doesn't matter who starts, it's about who finishes these games. And the Toronto Raptors, they just ran out of gas. And I'm, I hate, I'm not the moral victory guy, I'm not, but when you're down three of your top seven players against one of the, you know, NBA finals or NBA championship favorites, hey, the Raps just ran out of gas. They they did, and that's, that to me is okay because there's still enough positives that you saw in this game in terms of Chris Boucher is showing that he deserves more minutes. I found myself, I found myself saying a lot in this game. Where's Chris Boucher? Maybe they should sub, sub him back in. He just brought so much energy to the table, and he is not scared at all. Boucher with 13 points in this game, six rebounds. He's in there mixing it up, and he got his money's worth, five fouls in 22 minutes, but three of five from three. He wasn't nervous at all. He wasn't hesitating to take a shot, 
and he was aggressive. Chris Boucher is showing that he deserves minutes. And, I mean, it's lucky because he's going to get them because <laughs> the opportunity's there for him. And he is showing that he is ready to go. I mean, he was so he's all over the, the paint grabbing rebounds. Two more blocks for Boucher. He's active. And when you look at what you're getting from the Raps bench, in terms of Boucher, Hollis Jefferson, Terrence Davis, those guys brought defense first. It's a thing Nick Nurse keeps talking about because the offense in this Raptors system is easy. Marcus Gasol's out there happy to only shoot eight times, right? He's there moving the ball around. Fred Van Fleet, same thing, doing a great job of moving the ball around. And Pascal and Fred, those guys are taking all the shots, but you're going to need scoring from other places. And Chris Boucher is providing that. He's showing that he's not scared. There's still little things that he needs to tighten up, but that's expected. You're talking about a young player playing big-time minutes and playing a major role. He played 22 minutes in this game, and probably because of the fouls, but Boucher is showing that he deserves more minutes. That block he had on Montrez Harold at the end of the game, that's one of the craziest blocks you're going to see all year. He jumped with two hands and blocked Montrez two-handed dunk. That's insane. It's crazy. So that's what I mean. The Raptors lose this game, but there's no reason for them to hang their heads because they came out there against one of the best teams and they balled out. And Fred Van Fleet, I've been tough on Freddie, just saying his shooting numbers weren't good and shooting numbers weren't good again tonight. 14 points, but six of 20 shooting, one of six from three. But I'm not mad at that because at some point on this team, Fred just has to take a lot of shots because he has to score if this team's going to even have a chance. So shooting numbers be damn when you're talking about how deep the Raptors have to go now into their bench, which is still very, you know, there's not a lot of um, vets there. There's not a lot of experience there. And so if Fred is one of your guys, you got to live with a 6-for-20 night for 14 points from Fred because you want him to be aggressive and you want him shooting more of those shots than you would rather have Terrence Davis or Matt Thomas, who shouts to Matt Thomas, who continues to step in the game and be ready to fire and just bags in threes. Not mad at that. So all in all, a good performance from the Toronto Raptors. And I mean, they were in this game early. It was clearly a thing where they just ran out of gas because I feel like the Raps early on, Boucher hit back-to-back threes, part of a 21-6 run. Raps led the end of the, um, Raps led early, uh, 23 to 15. Boucher just, again, not shook while also playing solid, good help defense, building the wall. So much of what we saw the Raps do against Giannis last year, they did against Kawhi in this game in terms of building the wall and everyone, the defense on a string. Everyone has their head up. Everyone's ready to help as soon as Kawhi drove anywhere near the paint. Anywhere near the paint. It was a great job by this Raptors team. And Kawhi, I mean, from the right beginning, right from the start, Kawhi starts off 0 for 4, four turnovers in his first 16 minutes. And they're turning the Raps were turning them over and getting out and running and getting easy baskets. And that was the key to the Raps' first half success that they had. Rondé getting open shots, open layups in transition. Just energy, man energy and it's great seeing Serge and Kyle on the bench fired up Serge is like Boucher's biggest cheerleader and it's great to see 
there's so many positives that you can't even be mad at this loss by the Toronto Raptors. I, I, and again, I'm not the one to do the moral victories, but at that point, and that get you, you lost by ten. You lost by ten on the second night of a back to back in a game that you were you were definitely in, and you just ran out of gas. If you look at what happened in the fourth quarter, Raptors get they only scored ten points in the fourth quarter, outscored twenty five to ten in that same fourth quarter, and the Raptors, it's legs. I'm going to say that it's legs. They were three for eight at the rim. Three for eight at the rim in the fourth quarter. And if you look at that Raptors box score, if you know what this team is doing, it's all three-point shots and it's shots in the paint. So if you look at the the Raptors shot chart, you're going to see a lot of X's in the key. And they just ran out of gas. And if you know basketball... If you understand the game of basketball, there are certain signs that tell fatigue. And when I saw Pascal go to the free throw line and miss two free throws in the fourth quarter, you could tell he's tired. Miss free throws, you don't have your legs. And that's just what happened to the Raptors down the stretch. Pascal missing free throws. Uh, The Raptors were, they started out the fourth quarter four for 23. And that's just all signs of fatigue. Shooting four for 23 to start the fourth quarter, missing shots at the rim, meaning you don't have the elevation on your layup to finish strong at the rim, that's fatigue. Missing free throws, that's fatigue. And there's another thing I want to talk about before we get to some comments here, is the free throws. So the Clippers shoot 30 free throws in this game and are 22 for 30. So they shoot 73% from from the free throw line. The Raptors only shot 15 free throws. And there's a lot of talk about the, the free throw disparity. And I want people to pay attention to, first off, I thought there were no calls at both ends of the floor. But also, there's a lot of times where the refs aren't going to give you a call, especially if you're a small player. They're not going to give you a call barreling to the basket and trying to finish over taller defenders. They're just not going to give you that call. And God bless Fred for trying. Because he was trying his hardest going to the to the basket. But you're not going to get that call. It's just not going to happen. And the other thing, because Pascal falls into this trap sometimes too, where he seems a little bit out of control. And especially late, there was a, a play out of the timeout where Kawhi's, or not Kawhi, where Pascal's driving to the basket. And it was kind of like a, a hook shot, a flailing hook shot. And, you know, the refs aren't going to give you that call, especially in crunch time. And... You can complain about calls all you want, but at the end of the day, if you're 9 of 15, 9 of 15, if you just make some of those free throws down the stretch, that changes the whole context of the game. Make your free throws, regardless of how many free throws you get. That, to me, is a bigger issue, but again, we're going back to fatigue. And Boucher couple rebounds late I know Boucher wasn't getting calls there's one where he grabbed the rebound and the ball got ripped away from him that's tough man it's it's bully ball at the end of the day and I don't mind the refs letting them play to be honest because as mentioned I thought there were no calls at both ends of the floor and guys driving and not getting um not getting calls there were a couple Clippers possessions where they're on the offensive glass trying to get tap-ins and they're missing and they're getting fouled and there's no calls so it's like I don't know. I, I just think when you get into that game of complaining about foul calls while also, sh- again, starting the fourth quarter, four of 23 from the floor, 
I, I'm not going to blame the refs when you start 4 of 23 from from the floor in the fourth quarter. I'm just not going to do that. I'm not going to blame the refs when you're missing free throws down the stretch. I can't do that. It's not really a game that I play. But hey, let me know what you guys think because this is a conversation. This isn't about me being like, hey, this is what I think. This is right. This is what's wrong. Nah, we're here, we're here to chat. We're here to have the conversation. So as mentioned, I'm going to get to uh, the comments and, of course, you can catch me on Twitter at Shell Alexander. Logan checks in and says, I'm not mad about the loss. Can't blame the refs. Killed ourselves. Uh, SIG Social Group on Twitter says, Next man up, but one man short. OG was needed on this back to back. Totally agree. And when you're talking about, there were a couple spurts where I want to say, was it the end of the, it was the end of a quarter? Maybe it was the end of the third? But either way, Norm and Matt Thomas just had a couple bad turnovers. Or it was the end of the half. That's what it was. And Norman and Matt Thomas just had a couple of bad turnovers. And you're thinking, OG is definitely on the floor in that situation. And it's just you're putting... Everyone's moving up a notch, right? So now you're asking a little bit more from Norman Powell. You're asking a little bit more from Matt Thomas. You're asking a little bit more from Boucher. And that's tough. But all in all... I'm giving plus marks to everybody. Even Norm, who I don't, at one point I wrote on Twitter, I don't know if Norm's having a good game. I don't know if Norm's having a bad game, or maybe Norm's just having a Norm game. Because <laughs> Norm finishes with 15 points, and he was one of five from three, five of 12 from the floor. But Norm was all over the place. <laughs> and sometimes he's driving to the basket out of control, sometimes he's driving to the basket and throwing down dunks. I don't know. We got the full Norman Powell experience tonight. And all in all, when you see that performance from Norm, you hope he can bottle that and harness that in. But on the flip side, without OG, you need Norm to be aggressive. And I know Norm pulled and took some terrible deep threes. But without OG just giving you more perimeter minutes, you need Norm to do something. So... I don't know. How do you how do you bottle that? How do you rein him in when you need him to be aggressive? That's the kind of line that he and Nick Nurse have to dance, right? Interesting though. Let's get to some more comments. Uh, another comment here on Twitter. Ran out of gas, but that's okay on the second night of a back to back. Totally true. Uh, more comments. Kawhi almost had a quadruple double with nine assists and nine turnovers. Again. I've never seen I've never seen Kawhi play that bad. And I don't know and let's go back to last season for a sec because if you follow the pod, you probably watched majority of the Raps games last year. I'm talking regular season and regular season Kawhi and there are definitely gears that regular Ka- Kawhi had. There was a gear that he had against like the Knicks and then there was a gear that he had against KD. I don't know what gear he was in in this game. Like, it looked weird. Like, I didn't really see the burst from Kawhi Leonard that we got so used to seeing at certain points in last season. This whole load management thing, I don't know. To me, it's not even an argument because the Raptors won a championship using load management. So if you're telling me Steve Ballmer has to pay a bunch of $50,000 fines, but at the end of the year, you're telling him that the Clippers are NBA champions... I think that'd be worth the fines, right? So I'm not going to argue about the load management stuff, but I will say Kawhi, I mean, 
clearly there's a method to the madness. He's not just going to sit out games just because he wants to sit out games. Kawhi is a hooper. He wants to ball. If he's missing games, there's a reason to it. And watching him tonight, I can't say that Kawhi looked like he was going on all cylinders. He didn't have that extra boost. That There are a couple drives to the basket where I remember last year Kawhi's dunking that. And he wasn't doing that in this game at all. You couldn't see. He didn't have the real drive and stop on a dime pull-up jumper. I think he hit like maybe one of those in that in tonight's game. So who knows? But either way, partly that, and I'm going to give the Raps a lot of credit for the job that they did on Kawhi Leonard. Uh, Raptors Homer checks in and says, moral victory number one, Shell. <laughs> I mean, hey, I... I'm not big on moral victories, but this whole season to me, because I've said I'm not going to get mad at anything the Raptors do this year because they're NBA champs. I like the tweet. I think it was Eric Kareen. Eric Kareen tweeted it out, or maybe they mentioned it on the broadcast, but it was basically someone had a sign in LA that said, there was a sign that someone had in LA that basically said they took a 90 or 72 hour bus trip just to say thank you to Kawhi. Here it is. I found it. Uh, a, for This from Eric Kareen on Twitter. He says, a Raptors fan sign, quote, 72-hour bus ride from Canada to say thank you for my hat. And he's wearing a championship hat. And if you notice, I'm wearing my Kawhi Fun Guy shirt today, but also the championship hat. Because I will forever be thankful to one Kawhi Leonard for not only bringing us a championship, but for the lasting intangibles that he's left with this team, namely Fred and Pascal Siakam, that those dudes are gutting out performances and showing, as much as the cliche sounds, the heart of champions. That's real. I know it sounds cliche, but these dudes are balling out and showing so much heart, and it makes for such a fun team that you want to root for, that you want to see succeed, because they're leaving it all out there on the floor, and I, I, I love it, and I will be forever thankful, and I, you heard them talk about it too, you heard the Raps talk about it too, the individual players, whether it was Kawhi, or sorry, I keep calling Pascal Kawhi, I don't know if that's a Freudian slip or not, but you keep hearing those dudes talk about what they got from Kawhi Leonard last year. And it's real spit. You can see it in the results. But, hey, good night overall for the Raps, despite the loss on the scoreboard. Uh, another comment here. So here's someone that says they're not happy with the refs. Says, refs were shit. We played hard and almost pulled it off, but fatigue caught up with us in the end. Uh, yeah, there's a nice conversation here where someone's saying, never blame the refs homie toughest job in any professional sport and i mostly fall on that side like it's tough man it's tough uh mark checks in on twitter and says i love matt thomas but he can't play real minutes i don't know if that's true i don't know if that's true we're gonna find out but he doesn't look lost on defense and i think you gotta play the matchups game which nick nurse over his tenure as raptors coach has shown that he does have a thing for playing matchups. I mean, look at what he did with Rondé Hollis-Jefferson tonight. Put him in a great position. Took that challenge of guarding Kawhi, and he succeeded. So I just think there will be certain matchups where, depending on who the other team's perimeter guys are, you can probably get more minutes from Matt Thomas. 
maybe if the Raps settle into a zone a little bit more, you can get more minutes from Matt Thomas. But I'm not going to say, I don't think Matt Thomas can't play real minutes. I think he can in the league. Now, is he going to be someone that you're depending on night in, night out? That's yet to be seen. But I think that he can play minutes for this Toronto Raptors team. And again, he's going to have to because of all the injuries the Raptors have sustained. Uh, and I'm reading these comments not because I agree with them, but I, I'm reading these comments because I'm just sharing both sides of what people think. So from another tweet here says, Ref swallowed the whistle on the second night of a back-to-back when they were already undermanned. Uh, I disagree just because the rap, or the refs swallowed the whistle on both sides. So as long as you're, you're, you're letting them play on both ends of the floor, I'm okay with that. Uh, someone else asked, does OG play in Portland? And as I go back to Twitter to see if there's an update from any of the post-game comments, which I think I saw something earlier, uh, this from Eric Kareen. Ananobi will see an eye specialist tomorrow before Raps leave LA for Portland. Nurse said both of his contacts were knocked out and he was bleeding from the eye gouge. Wow. Yeah, so OG will get an update tomorrow. Uh, more talk from the Raps postgame here. Nurse was irate with the referees, but didn't say anything fine worthy. Said he thought the Raps totally outplayed the Clippers. Uh, I'll say this. I think the Raps... I don't know if they totally outplayed the Clippers. I don't know if I'd say that. I'd say they matched the Clippers. I think when it came down to making plays, and this is what I thought was the beauty of Kawhi last season, and everything was under control, not only not only for him, so follow me for a second here. The beauty of Kawhi last season was everything was under control for him. Whenever the team was, you know, the run was going too far the other way, he would stop the run. He was playing at his pace and controlled the game. I thought in tonight's game, this is going to sound crazy, but I think Lou Williams did that for the Clippers. Every time the game was getting out of hand, Lou Will would just make a play and hit like a very tough shot. And it just never got too far out of reach for the Clippers. And Patrick Patterson hit big shots early, but I can't stress this enough. If not for Kawhi Leonard, Montrez, and Lou Will, the, the Raps blow out the Clippers in this game because nobody else could buy their own basket and Montrez was just a beast everywhere. And we you knew that going in because, if you, again, another basketball thing. You watch basketball, you know the Clippers have one of the highest, if not the highest scoring bench in the league. Montrez and Lou Will basically average, what, 38 points per game off the bench. Uh, Lou Will's clocking in at 20 a night. Montrez is at 18. And tonight, what did you get? Lou Will with 21 points, Montrez with 14. But Montrez does so much more in terms of being an active guy just all over the place. Offense, defense, he had 11 rebounds, three blocks in this game, and he just gets on the glass. Three offensive rebounds, and he's everywhere. That's an energy guy. And if you're a guy like Chris Boucher, seriously, if you're any big guy, not even just Chris Boucher, because I think Chris Boucher has a good touch from outside, so he has a shot. But in terms of Montrez just figuring out that if I just come in and roll hard to the basket and be a beast on the offensive glass, you can be a very rich man. <laughs> and Montrez is showing that. And I know it seems weird because you look at the Clippers lineup and it's Pat Beverly didn't really do much. Shamit didn't really do much. Zubach only plays 17 minutes. 
But you know it's about it's a great lesson. Patrick Patterson only played 15 minutes, but it's a great lesson, and it doesn't matter who starts, it matters who finishes. And Lou Will and Montrez don't start, but Lou Will played 36 minutes in this game, leading the Clippers in minutes. And Montrez with 31 minutes off the bench. Harkless, 33 minutes off the bench. So good lesson for the kids. Doesn't matter who starts. It's about who finishes and what you do with your minutes when you're out there. And I thought Lou Williams did an incredible job in just keeping keeping you within striking distance. And that's also a veteran type thing. That's just being a vet as well, right? Knowing everything's under control. Lou Will didn't look out of control. He never really panicked. He knows what his moves are, right? Dribble, dribble. Lou Will reminds me of, shouts to my old coach at Northern, uh, Mr. Lilico. He always used to say, you, you don't over dribble. You have three moves. It was have, you have your one move, you have your go-to move, and then a counter. If you're dribbling more than that, you got to pass the ball or you're shooting the ball. And Lou Will, everything is under control. There was a great play where he drove to the basket and Terrence Davis does a flyby. You can tell Lou Will's trying to get the foul, but he's so under control and so in tune with what his game is, he took the contact and still made the bucket. That's what I mean in terms of playing at your own pace, playing within yourself, knowing your role, and doing enough for your team to stay in it until the Raps ran out of gas or they didn't get calls, or whatever you want to say, but doing enough to get the W for your team. Uh, So many comments. Thanks, you guys, for tuning in. I'm going to read some more comments here. Uh, Let's see. After seeing our new bench mob, where does McCaw fit in? I like Jefferson, Boucher, and Davis more. Um, That's from Matthew on Twitter. Here's the thing. Uh, I'm not sure when McCaw's coming back. I think it was uh, a month that he's out for, but you wanted to see this at some point. You wanted to see, you know, can Terrence Davis, you saw it in preseason, you saw it in summer league, can you see it in normal NBA regular season? And you're seeing that. He looks like he can play. He can hold down minutes for you. Now, they're not giving him major minutes, but at the end of the day, you're starting to see it. And I appreciate that. I think that's a a real good sign that Terrence Davis doesn't look scurred. He can get minutes. Chris Boucher, same thing. And he's just, Boucher is following the path that you've seen Fred and Pascal. You excel in 905, and now you come a long way, they ease you in with some minutes, and you continue to develop, and then you become a regular contributor. And that's what we're seeing right now from Boucher. Now, in terms of Rondé Hollis Jefferson, can he do it consistently? Can he be at least that aggressive defender? I mean, He's going to have to be, especially if there's no OG. But definitely it starts on the defensive end for Rondé Hollis-Jefferson. And then you just get out on the break and get easy baskets. Don't try to do too much in terms of iso ball or jacking up threes. Stay in your lane, man, and play defense, and everything will be good. Uh, Let's see. Let's get to some more comments here. I'm happy with our team, to be honest. I think we can make the third or fourth seed. I don't know. This This was a good sign, but... I don't know long-term. It's about consistency. So we've seen some great solid play, shorthanded, and some guys getting extended minutes. We've seen that for two games on a back-to-back. But how will that happen, you know, a couple nights off or a night off, then you're in Portland. That's a tough matchup. 
I don't care what their record says. I don't care what started the season. They're off to, you're talking Dame Lillard and CJ McCollum. That's a good test for Toronto Raptors. So you're going to see that. And Luka is balling out as if he's entering the MVP conversation. So next two games will be super interesting to see how the Raptors play out. But getting one of the two LA games, massive achievement. Showing out and being close and being within striking distance on the second night against the Clippers, huge. Um, I did a lot of the questions on Twitter, and there's still more tuning in. I'm going to just do a couple more on Instagram before we wrap up. Thanks again for everyone tuning in. Really appreciate the comments here. Glow Girl Smile says, Boucher waited three years for his turn. He can only get better with more experience and play more in rhythm. Chris Boucher, someone had the story earlier that my guy was working at St. E. Bears like three years ago or four or sorry, five years ago or something like that. That's insane, <laughs> right? My guy is balling out in LA, one of the meccas of basketball in the world. And my guy is balling out. And not too long ago, my guy was working at St. E. Bears, St. Hubert's for <laughs> that's crazy. But it's again, it's just another great story. It's someone you want to root for on this Toronto Raptors team. So many great stories about these guys just working hard. And it's such a relatable um, lesson in any walk of life. Hard work always wins. How can you not want to root for this Toronto Raptors team? That's my question. How can you not want to root for the Toronto Raptors team? And I know, hey, I'm the one that said they're going to come in bottom half of the playoff race and... I've never hoped to be so wrong in my life because it's so much fun rooting for this team. So many great storylines, hustle, heart, effort, man. Uh, Alex checks in and says, Patrick Patterson was knocking down threes against us early on. Almost didn't seem real. It's so true. Patrick Patterson's time. It's so funny to see him in another situation where basically his job is, can you just hit wide open threes? And he did that in this game. <laughs> and it was crazy to see because Raptors fans know towards the end of his tenure in Toronto, it didn't really work out that way. Uh, I'm going to read this comment from Jeff Berg because he is the mayor of Boucher Island. And again, he says, Boucher like KD is what he is body-wise. Take him or leave him because that is who he is. Okay, the body-wise, yeah. I mean, he's a frail body, but he can shoot the lights out, and he's hella confident. And whatever Chris Boucher turns into, I don't, I just love that he gives it on both ends of the floor. I love that he's not scared. Man, I'm going to enjoy just watching whatever Chris Boucher turns into because it's a hell of a story. Uh, more comments here, a couple more to round out. Uh, Tammy checks in on Instagram and says, okay, we need to give Nick Nurse a lot of respect. Totally. Nick Nurse mentioned at the end of last night's game against the Lakers how he was going to stay up late trying to figure out how they could slow down Kawhi Leonard. I'd say he did a pretty good job. Like, you can't overemphasize the Raptors' organizational strength. Mad credit to the players, but mad credit to the coaching staff, Nick Nurse and his team for putting them in positions to succeed. And man, like it is every time you you wonder, you know, what does this team have? 
Because if they come out and get blown out in this game, nobody's going to blame them. You're coming off a huge win against the Lakers, an emotional win without, you know, your big players, and then another starter goes down early. If they got blown out early, nobody would have been mad. And instead, they almost won this damn game against Kawhi and the Clippers. That is insane. Um, interesting point, and... Someone says, let's not forget that Kawhi also would not have won last year if it weren't for the teammates he had around him. Totally true. We know that, though. I think the real ones know. The real ones know that, you know, we got to thank Kawhi because what he brought to this city was a chip. And we obviously know that he didn't do it by himself. Obviously, we all know that. But I think it was Freddie that said, um, and Pascal that said, one of them, I forget who it was, pardon me, and I'm paraphrasing the quote, but it was essentially, it gives you that little extra boost on your team, it gives everyone else a little extra boost when you know you're walking into the gym and you have the best player on your team. That's all it was, and that's the NBA. The NBA sometimes is a very simple game. It comes down to, at the end of the day, your best player versus my best player, let's dance, and... For one year, the Raptors got to enjoy walking into most situations with the best player, and they won. And for that, we are forever forever grateful, and I am too, because you know what? If that didn't happen, I wouldn't be here right now doing this podcast at almost 2 a.m. in the morning <laughs> talking about the Raptors on the second night of a back-to-back against the L.A. Clippers. And you know what? I do that. I do this because I enjoy it so much talking and connecting with you guys, Raptors fans that share the love of the game, but also the love of the city and this team that just continues to show so much heart. And it's great to watch. It is great to watch. And you know what? It was great to do this podcast as well. Really appreciate you guys. Thank you again for tuning in on Twitter at Shell Alexander, where you can find this podcast live after each and every Toronto Raptors game. Yes, even the late night ones. Really appreciate you guys being here, rocking out with me, because we wouldn't be able to do this without you guys. Like, I'm literally here talking to, what, almost a thousand people at night <laughs> on my Twitter feed, live, and then whatever the numbers end up being with the podcast, tomorrow, you know, when we post a podcast, I post it right after I do this, but... You add more numbers from the podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, and then the people, especially on YouTube, add in another couple thousand on, like, it's just incredible what we've been able to put together here, and and I say we because this is all of us doing this together, showing that we love basketball and this Raptors team. They built a wave, and it's a long-lasting wave, and tonight was a really cool thing to, you know, see Kawhi check in with Kawhi, and also just see the lasting effects of Kawhi. Because regardless of what he did or, you know, his decision that he made to go to the Clippers, I'm on the side. I'll never be mad at him for deciding to go home and go to the Clippers. Cool. But you're seeing the lasting effects of Kawhi Leonard. And this game was perfect. You saw the defensive intensity where, you know, the Raps came out and they basically shut down the other team's best player. And Pascal Siakam, 16 points, 10 rebounds, 6 assists. Pascal shot 6 to 17 in this game for 16 points. That's not good. Fred Van Fleet shot 6 of 20 for 14 points. That's also not good. But what is the biggest thing I always talked about all last season? And same thing with Kawhi. Shot 2 for 11 
for 12 points. That's not good. The biggest thing I talked about all last season, why the Toronto Raptors would be good, is because even if your shot's not falling, can you find other ways to be productive and be a good a good factor for your team? And those are three guys right there. As I mentioned, Kawhi for the Clippers, Pascal, and Fred Van Fleet. You're telling me those guys didn't learn from Kawhi last year, learning that doesn't matter if your shot's falling or not. And in fact, there's probably too much of a focus on stats sometimes. Like, I don't care that Fred shot six for 20 because the Raps need Fred to get shots up. Same thing with Pascal. But again, look at the other things that these guys did. Fred with eight assists, Pascal with six. Can you find other ways to contribute? Hey. We saw it live and in living color from Kawhi Leonard in this game tonight. So I really thank you guys and hope that you take a step back sometimes and appreciate the fact that had one great year that will last forever. There's sweat stains on this hat because I rock it so much. And I don't even care because the Raptors are NBA champions. And that is something that I honestly never thought I would say in my lifetime. And in part, that's the lasting legacy that Kawhi Leonard leaves on this team. Whether he's on the Clippers, whether he you know leaves after that, or whatever he does on the Clippers, but that stays in Toronto. And hopefully, hopefully you guys feel the same way too. But if not, hey, that's cool. Just enjoy the ride. Enjoy what you're seeing now because this Toronto Raptors team is fun to cheer for. And I hope that you enjoyed the ride on this podcast tonight, late night on the West Coast as the Raptors fall. 98 to 88 to Kawhi Leonard and the LA Clippers. Next up, they got the Portland Trailblazers. And we will be right here again on this The Wrap It Up podcast, which you can find on Twitter at Shell Alexander. Comments and questions there. Follow up on Instagram at Sheldon Alexander and the podcast, iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, and on YouTube. Please like and subscribe. Rate us. Hit that subscribe button. Really appreciate it. Share it with everybody because we know that there's more Raptors fans out here that want to rock with the post-game show after every game, and we're here to provide that. Us. All of us. Because this is a group effort. This is a team effort. Really appreciate you guys. Thank you for tuning in because I really did used to pray for times like this to rhyme like this. This is the Wrap It Up on Blast Raps post-game show. As always, unpolished and unapologetic. Until next time, see ya.